Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Today I'll be speaking with Peggy Ployer. Peggy Ployer, SPED homeschool founder and CEO, is a leader in the special education homeschooling community and a frequent writer and speaker on specialized education homeschooling issues. After working as a special needs consultant for both the Minnesota Association of Christian Home Educators and the Texas Homeschool Coalition, Peggy founded SPED Homeschool, which stands for Special Education Homeschool, in 2017. SPED Homeschool is a nonprofit organization that empowers families across the globe to homeschool children with specialized educational needs. Peggy also hosts the popular live broadcast and podcast, Empowering Homeschool Conversations, a weekly talk show where her guests address relevant issues related to homeschooling for unique learners. He must increase, but I must decrease. John 3, verse 30. Welcome to today's episode of FASD Hope. I am so thankful and happy to be speaking with Peggy Ployer. Peggy is the founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool, which stands for Special Education Homeschool. It's a nonprofit. It's a wonderful resource for homeschoolers, for homeschool families, um, for anyone in the homeschool community, especially those who are teaching children that learn differently, that have special needs. It is just a wonderful resource. And um, since COVID, a lot of things have moved online and, and, and SPED homeschooling is, has always been online, but um, there are more resources that are available to families and parents. So we will be talking about that. And we'll also be talking a little bit to Peggy about her own journey um, and her connection with the FASD community, um, which I know many of our listeners will appreciate hearing. So Peggy, welcome to FASD Hope. Thanks for having me, Natalie. I appreciate being here and I'm looking forward to sharing and um, whatever you have to ask, I'll answer. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Let's just start off with a little bit of of your background. You and I, before we started recording, we were talking about your background. Let's just start about your family's background and a little bit about your connection with FASD and then what led your family and you to homeschooling? Sure. So FASD happened in my life because my parents got started to get empty nest syndrome. <laughs> when I left for college, they wanted to bring more kids into the home. And so they just filled an extra room and um, started doing some foster care. And their heart, um, as I talked to my mom, she said, well, we took a an inventory, a spiritual gifts inventory. And your dad and I were just both fueled by by helping children. And, and so that's kind of where they're, and they really do call it a ministry. I have um, 
there's been probably 30, 40 kids through the foster system through my, our home, um, but 10 adopted siblings. So I'm the oldest of 14. I have three other biological siblings and then 10 who have become permanent members of our family. <laughs> so, and, and quite a few of them have fetal alcohol because my parents did do um, adoptions within the U.S. of kids that, that were neglected. Um, had and they, they specifically wanted to only adopt children who had um, physical or mental disabilities. So, and a lot of that comes with neglect sometimes and, and alcohol abuse, meth, um, and a lot of other things. So, um, so yeah, we, um, and it's funny because you, you asked about that and then my homeschooling story. Well, my own children, uh, my oldest was diagnosed on the autism spectrum when he was five. And I started homeschooling because of that. And when my parents saw the success happening in homeschooling him, they started homeschooling in their, in their house. So, so it's an interesting connection, you know, as this next generation in my parents' home started coming in, that homeschooling also morphed into their house because of um, what was happening in ours. That's wonderful. So you started the trend and then your parents took it. Usually it's the other way around. Usually I know. <laughs> and they're still homeschooling too. I only got one left and it's her last year. Oh my <laughs> they're going to be going for a while. <laughs> so they're going to be coming to you for resources. Probably oh, for my dad always comes to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love hearing about that. So at what point did you go from being homeschool mom um, of, of a child on the, on the spectrum to becoming an advocate for homeschooling families of kids with special needs and then leading to, to SPED homeschool? Yeah, so it, it was interesting because I had been involved in Christian leadership for a long time when my kids were younger. Um, I actually was the area coordinator for MOPS International, Mothers of Preschoolers. So I led and directed the, the movement and, and tra leadership training for three states um, while my children were really small. And then I just felt God's spirit say, pull back. You need to just let go of all of this. I had another baby, that's my daughter, and and then worked on getting my biblical counseling um, certification. I became a precepts leader and, and just really worked on what I needed as far as skills. I didn't realize what God was going to use them for. <laughs> I was raising my kids and it was good. Um, and it just... Um, it came about that the, the state that I lived in at that point was Minnesota, and they, they put out a call. We're looking for somebody to answer calls about special education homeschooling. And so they needed a, a new, brand new position they created as a special needs coordinator. And I fit the bill and was brought on to their team for that. So I, I worked with Mache um, for the majority of the time then that we homeschooled in Minnesota. And then when we moved to Texas, I came on staff with the Texas Homeschool Coalition. And, and then after working for them for multiple years, sped homeschool, instead of just serving states, we, we went global with uh, a release of, of all the resources that I've kind of connections I had built up all over all those years. And so it's funny because a lot of people say, well, I recognize your board of directors, but who are you? <laughs> because I've always kind of been, been in the background with other nonprofits. And so they're like, oh, we get it. And that's, and I mean, I'm my board of directors, everybody recognizes, but they've been dear friends of mine for a long time. So 
So that's kind of how all that happened. <laughs> and it's amazing because being a homeschooler for seven years, which I know, you know, many consider, uh, it's funny in the homeschool community, seven years is, is not long, but when you talk to non homeschoolers, they, they're mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, I, yeah, I, you must know everything by exa- that point, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still learning my goodness. But it, it's funny because especially now since COVID and so many people are, are virtual schooling at home, we've seen so many people ask us, you know, about homeschooling for children with special right. needs. And I think the first thing that I tell them is it's not this, it's not COVID schooling. It's not, you know, we have so many opportunities to go out and and classes and co-ops and even just, you know, hangouts and things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. as, as well as just fellowship and and, and time with each other. So I, I think that one of the myths, and I'm not sure if you hear this a lot when you get new homeschoolers, you know, contacting you, what do I do? Because I'm home all day, you know, would you say that's one of the, uh, what are some of the top questions that you get from the new homeschoolers? Uh, that, that's it. It was right in my living room today. I had a friend over who's just going to start homeschooling because her husband's getting a military transfer. And, you know, a lot of times it's people looking for curriculum and I, I want to really, and especially when we go to conferences, uh, a lot of parents will give us their child's diagnosis and then expect magically where we're going to pull out of a hat, the like curriculum. A formula. Exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately it has so much to do with you, mom. And, you know, I was telling my friend today, I said, well, how do you handle a schedule? Do you like to plan or would you rather have somebody give the plan to you? Are you structured or do you really need somebody to do that for you? Do you love to gather up materials and, or do you really need a box with it all in it? <laughs> you know, and um, so, so those are, it's interesting. We, you know, we think about our kids when we pick curriculum, but really coming from mom's point of view is really important as well. Um, And a lot of those curriculums will have things that are hands-on, kinetic, you know, and active. So those are things to take into consideration as well. But uh, if you aren't going to use it, (laughs) it's not worth your money. (laughs) And, and I can, I, Totally agree with that a hundred percent because I remember, you know, seven years ago when we first started homeschooling our son, I remember, you know, buying all this curriculum and books and everything like that mm-hmm. and thinking maybe we used about a quarter of it because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, you really have to, and, and you so eloquently are, are sharing that you really have to think about your own teaching style as a parent, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. what you do you like structure or are you able to improvise that kind of thing? So that's a great point. And I think also, I know that for people who ask me, I always stress the importance of just giving the family time to decompress and time to to bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I realized I did not do that well when we first started homeschooling our son, he needed that time to decompress, you know? Well, and it's even more important with kids who have FASD because learning is based on relationships. And if you have a child, which a lot of children who are adopted have, um, you know, they have attachment disorders Mm -hmm. as well. And, and so if you're dealing with an attachment disorder, you're not getting to that child. Um, You have to, they have to, there has to be an attachment because 
a child or anybody will, will only respect what you're saying to them if the relationship is a safe yes. and one where they feel like the information this person's giving me is to my benefit. They, they care about me. Yes. Um, otherwise, it just goes in one ear and out the other. And we also know that, especially, and in, in, in neuroscience backs this up, when you are in that fight or flight mode of survival, which having an FASD, having a reactive attachment disorder coming from mm-hmm. hard places, we know yep. that when the brain is still in that mode, that learning can't really happen or no. it, it may mm-hmm. happen minimally, but it's not going to stick. So right. we exactly. know that there needs to be that trust in mm-hmm. that connection. So that's, that's another thing that I I'm, I'm so thankful you're bringing, you're bringing this point up because especially with our kids that have an FASD, establish that trust, establish mm-hmm. that connection. You know, I, I can remember trying school at home, you know, and then I was like, no, 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 no. So just baking, you know, experiences, learning experiences. And I know for kids with brain-based diagnoses and most kids that have um, special needs, incorporating senses really helps with learning, Mm -hmm. you know, making it a multi-sensory hands-on, you know, visual auditory kinesthetic type of experience will help spark that enjoyment of learning. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think in addition to, um, like you said, building that trust and that connection and having that time to do so. I mm-hmm. think also reminding kids that learning is fun, even though I right. know my exactly. son would laugh hysterically when they say that, because that was one of the first things I would always say when, when we were homeschooling is, is learning is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kids will learn that over time. If, um, if you keep working on that and, um, and don't worry about the progress. I mean, that's, you know, the, the more anxious you get, the more anxious they're going to get. And they're going to feel like, Oh, they don't like me because I'm not doing it the way that they want me to do it, or I'm just not fast enough. And then they get down on themselves. Um, progress is progress, you know, and, and kids can take leaps and bounds in, in small amounts of time. I mean, my, my oldest, who's on the spectrum, he um, was, didn't read till he was 12. And we had to do yearly testing because we were living in Minnesota. And, and his test showed he wasn't reading at 12. <laughs> but the next year when we did the test, he was reading at college level. Wow. So just know there, there's things going in. The neural connections just aren't there yet. And when they get there, if you have enough that's gone in. He listened to audiobooks all of the time. His vocabulary was incredible. You know, it just that that thing that needed to click so that he could read the books on his own had to happen. And um, so so that's just my story of encouragement is that I've seen that happen in my kids over and over again. You know, we the school system wants you to believe that learning happens in this nice gradual incline. <laughs> and it doesn't. It happens in these huge spikes. Yes. So um, so don't think that you're not getting anywhere if you don't see results. Yes. And the things are going in. And we get the gifts of seeing these just bursts of learning, you know, development and learning progress that, you know, just, it's almost like a switch going on, like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. And, and, and it's such a wonderful thing, I think, as a homeschool parent to be able to experience that, you know, when they get that, 
I'm so thankful that you're reminding our audience that because it, it is so true. Um, and don't learn from my mistakes, you know, learn, <laughs> learn from, you know, I mean, my goodness, I, I just, again, I'm just so thankful you're, you're bringing this up. So let's talk about SPED Homeschool. Um, sure. It started in 2017. Mm-hmm. How have you seen both the organization and the community that you support grow, um, especially in the past, my goodness, now? Um, <laughs> past year. Yeah, oh. yeah, especially in the past yeah. year. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting. I mean, I the funny thing is I was telling some, this to somebody just a couple of days ago because she's like, I, I feel like God's you know, calling me to do something. And I said, well, let, let that stirring get so strong that it, God will get you to a point where you can't say no anymore. (laughs) And I said, and at the beginning of 2017, I was so anxious about doing something. I had no idea what it was. And, um, in January of 2017, it wasn't until August that we actually incorporated as a nonprofit. Um, I bought the website. I knew something was going to happen. I wasn't sure if it was going to be an app, if it was going to be what. I just kept praying. And um, eventually it it morphed into a nonprofit. <laughs> Not something I had. But my goal, the goal was, is that I wanted to train leaders, just like I had with Mops International, to be godly leaders in an organization that had a great purpose to give hope. And so, um, so that is my core of who I am. What results is us doing ministry together and me training a lot of young moms. And so my team is filled with, um, and, and it's, it's taken a while. Some people just wanted to join because they wanted to blog on our website or they wanted their name out there and they, they came and got, went. And then there's been those that have stayed with me the entire time. And um, we just um, started selling sponsorships for our nonprofit this just the end of last year. So the end of 2020. And um, we're making enough money that I can actually pay some of them now. So um, that just warms my heart because they have they have poured into this organization as much as I have. And and I want this is my legacy. I really don't care if I get paid. But, um, but I wanted to go on beyond me and to be continue building and being a resource for families. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So let's share with our audience some of the many resources you offer to the special needs homeschool community. Sure. Um, so on, if you go to our homepage, the, the first thing you're going to hit is how do I get started? Um, and that'll take you to um, a place on our website where we have just basically it answers when, as I was a consultant, all the questions that I would typically get. <laughs> and um, there's a link right now in there to um, a webinar that I've given. It's an hour long talk that I've given at many state conferences, online conferences over and over again. Um, and so that that's enough to just, you know, get you through the basics of, of what you're doing. Um, another thing that we have on there is I do a, a a live broadcast every Tuesday night. And it's like a mini conference every Tuesday evening. And you get to, if you join us, um, either on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope, 
um, you can talk to the, my guest and all my guests are experts in either special education type of field therapy, um, homeschooling. It, we cover a different topic every month. And so this month we're focusing on homeschool IEPs and how do you write that? Why would you write it? Um, you know, and I'll, from a lot of different angles and, um, and connected to that, we also have a free IEP template and download or template that you can download as well as a guide that walks you step-by-step -step through that on how to write a homeschool IEP. Um, I won't go into why to do that, but it's, um, it's one of those things that we, we tell parents that it's, it's um, important for a lot of different reasons. Yes. But um, that we have articles you can search. Our YouTube channel probably has over 700 videos right now. Yes. It, it's a treasure. I've <laughs> because been we there. take our long interviews. <laughs> yeah. And we take clips out. So we take four shorter clips out each week too, so that you can get that more focused. If you just want the specific information, um, you can just search our YouTube channel and you can, you can find a lot of different content on just, just about anything. So, um, but, but that's that where we've just started a review crew. We were bringing on parents to, to do reviews because our top tier sponsors, that's one of their benefits. And so we just, I, we just released our first unboxing and our first video review on our YouTube channel, but also on our website. And it's not typical reviews where, you know, you read through and the parents written about how their child know it's, it's, it has to do with like text size and is this hands-on or kinesthetic or um, does it use music? Does it, so all of those boxes I've built into a form for my review team. And, and so it's going to be things that parents who have struggling learners would be looking for if they picked up the box and looked at it um, or used this person's service. And, um, and so it'll help you understand, is this really what I'm looking for or not without having your hands? Because without conferences now and all the other things, it's even more important to have somebody who can look at it from a perspective of a parent homeschooling child that struggles and say, yeah, this works or no, it really doesn't. <laughs> and so, this is why. So that's so practical. And that's so helpful, especially like you said, because there are no, right now there are no conferences. So we're not able to, to look through and, you know, and, and think if this is going to be a good fit or not. Yeah. So that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. So we will, um, when we're done with our conversation, I will be listing all of your social media handles and our, you know, your website awesome. and everything. Yes. I, I can say as a frequent visitor to, to sped homeschool website, and just the many things you offer and following you like on, on Instagram and on Facebook, mm -hmm. you just so much information. And, um, I, I think the, the nice thing about sped homeschool is that, um, you offer information in a way that's not too overwhelming because I think right. you and your organization, you know what it's like to be overwhelmed as a parent of a child with a special needs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we just want to give you bite-sized information yes. instead of trying to give you an entire encyclopedia. Yes. <laughs> because usually you're just looking for how do I fix this? <laughs> this is what I'm dealing with now. <laughs> exactly. I've been there. I totally get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What encouraging words do you have as, as an experienced homeschool mom and, and also in this profession, in this organization, what words do you have for those parents who are not sure where their child's gifts lie and 
how can they find that? Because that is, and I've shared that that is part of our jobs is to help them learn their gifts and their passions and, and, and who they are and what brings them joy. What advice do you have for, for parents? There's a lot of trial and error. (laughs) And, you know, when you do try, you can't have your, have it so focused that you say, well, okay, we've signed up for this. Now you're going to have to just do it all. Um, there, there are times where, where we can push and, you know, the commitment is an important thing, but when we're looking for our kids' talents, you know, we want to use short-term, very short-term things that they can try. And, um, the more that you can do from home or just, you know, try quickly, um, as, as a, maybe, you know, just a, a exploratory type of class, um, and, and let it be okay that it just wasn't a good fit. We tried this and well, what did we learn from it? There's always something to learn from everything. Um, it doesn't mean that this is gonna be their profession. And, you know, it's interesting. We, we were digging through boxes and um, I ended up finding this old inventory of my middle child that we did of um, just where, I don't even, like, what's the color of your parachute is what we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really good book to go yes. through. It's written for, you know, middle school, young high schoolers. And I pulled up the list and I read it to him and I said, this is exactly what you do. And, you know, now that he's almost 22 and I thought I would have never guessed that this is where he would have been, but, you know, um, to just do some inventories like that. And, and then, you know, just explore within, in those, well, what, what would be hands-on, what would be a relational type of, um, job work in retail, you know, if that's, that's it, or if it's hands-on, if, is there something that you can build or, um, learn how to do 3d printing, you know, and those, those types of things. Um, there's maker spaces where you don't even have to buy the 3d printer. You can just go and try it out and then, it doesn't, you know, it just costs you a little bit. Um, same thing with pottery shops or, you know, there's, there's just so many other, even just craftsmen that will, will let your child watch them or, or, um, try out different trades. So, um, so there's, there's a lot of different things that you can explore without it costing too much or being too much of a commitment. Yes. And those skills that they may do trial may come in handy down the road, you know, especially exactly. if they change their mind, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, like having a welder in the house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Exactly. That's awesome. I love hearing that. And, it, and it's almost like, almost like a lab. If you think about it, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. if you study something in a course, it's, it's like a lab, you know, mm-hmm. so you're getting that active hands-on um, educational experience that you, you know, would have gotten, you know, in a lab, say, um, you know. Yeah. And you just, you never know where it's going to go. I mean, I want to share a story with, with, about my daughter. She was interested in sewing when she was really young. So I taught her how to sew. And then the sewing machine went in the closet, didn't see it for years from about five till about 15. <laughs> she didn't touch it. She wanted to draw. So she drew and she built her artistic talent. She got people hired her, commissioned her to do work. And now at 16, she uh, had pulled her sewing machine out. She started creating custom design dresses. She drew a pair of shoes that won a contest and now is going to be mass produced by a company in Switzerland. (laughs) And, and now she's going into fashion design and she's sewing all the time. (laughs) 
thoughtful. That's wonderful. And and that's a great gift that, that we have as, as homeschool parents too. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, wonderful. Just that time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think um, just, just helping, helping your kids to, um, to connect, to, to build relationships and in that life, I think you had said this earlier now is that learning is a lifelong process. It's something that you want them to love. You want them to enjoy and you want it to happen beyond the time that you're schooling them. You know, you want to see your kids picking up books, researching things, learning things on their own. And um, when you build that enthusiasm and that um, excitement in them, it's something that they will take into their own lives. And, um, and just incorporate it, whether they're living with you the rest of their lives or they're going off, that it, it's, it's so encouraging as a parent to watch my kids do that and to see them embrace learning as, as something that's very important to them. That, you know, and their pursuits are probably not things I would choose. <laughs> they have some pretty interesting interests, but still to see them grow and not get stagnant and, you know, just say, well, this is the job I'm stuck in and I'm just going to stay here. And a lot of people will comment, homeschool kids are different. And why is that? And a lot of it has to do with, they love to learn. And, and they see that learning is, isn't just something that happens when a teacher talks to them and they have to take in the information and spit it back out. It's about something that makes them better and keeps improving them. And as a parent with a child with FASD, that is building neural nets. We have brain plasticity and those kids need to keep building those neural connections. And the more that you excite their brain to learn, then um, they're just going to continue that improvement through the rest of their lives. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we share how to get in touch with um, you and, and the wonderful folks at SPED Homeschooling, I like to end our uh, conversations with a hope takeaway. So words of hope that folks can glean from this interview. Um, what words of hope can you offer um, to those parents who are homeschooling kids with special needs and particularly those that have an FASD or other brain-based diagnosis? What words of hope can you share for them? You know, I, I just want to share, you know, you, you get, we get so narrow-minded focused on what's wrong with our kids. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about gifts and God knows, God knows everything going on in your child. And um, it's not a mistake. And I used to just cringe at the mistakes I made parenting my children and say, God, why did you allow (laughs) them to have me? (laughs) Because um, there's, there was just some things I've done that i I, yeah, I wrote a whole book on parenting anger that you can understand now. <laughs> but, you know, what God reassured me was it's all part of their story. It's all part of who I'm making them into. They needed all of those experiences. They needed you as their mother. They needed um, the struggles they're going through, the gifts they have. All of it comes together and it makes a beautiful picture. And not only that, but it points to me every time. And, and we have to remember that as, as parents, that there, there isn't something we did wrong. There isn't something the birth parents of our child did wrong. There isn't something that, um, that our child is doing wrong. It, um, it's just all a part of how their story is meant to happen. 
And um, if we can love them through that yes. and, and if we can walk with them through that, that's the most important thing yes. because on the other side, it'll all make sense. Yes. Oh, I love that, Peggy. I love that. That's wonderful. So if you want to get in touch with SPED homeschooling, um, which we have listed on FASDHope.com under our resource section, you can find SPED homeschooling. But if you'd like to get in touch with um, SPED homeschooling directly, Peggy, can you share with us all of your information so that our folks can um, visit you? Sure. So our our website is spedhomeschool.com. And um, we have contact information on there if you want to get a hold of our office. Um, we, we mostly will just give you information to, our, to the resources we have on our website. We don't have anybody that does consultations specifically, but we do have tons of consultants who are available that we, um, we have partnered with. So a lot of our, our partners offer therapy, they offer um, consulting, tutors, um, curriculum and work. That's, that's our work is to continue to find these resources for you and to make sure, I mean, I'm even to the point now where I'm training companies that used to sell to the public schools, how to market to homeschoolers, because they're like, we've got stuff. We just want to get it to them. And, you know, they have to change their pricing strategies, their, their shipping departments, but they're willing to do that. And, um, and so that's a lot of the work that I do behind the scenes is working with those companies and also homeschooling companies that don't understand what it's like in your home. I do. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I act as an advocate to those companies and say, this is what you need to add to your curriculum to make it workable for these families. That's so, right. um, so that's, that's what we do. So the front end, you're going to see, you know, our articles. I also, if podcasts work better, you, we do, we turn our broadcast into a podcast as well. Um, and so you'll find all of that on our website and uh, that's probably the best place to connect with us. That's wonderful. And we'll also list your um, YouTube and Instagram handles and whatnot with yeah. our program notes too. So you can follow the way. Yeah. Just at homeschool, you'll find us. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Peggy Ployer, thank you so much for being on FASD Hope today. Well, thanks for having me, Natalie. It's been wonderful. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.